Welcome to the Culture Commute, where we debate a workplace culture topic in the time that it takes you to get to work. Well, welcome to my first guest, Gabriel Harris. What a, what a pleasure it is to see you here in this office. Thank you for inviting me along. Oh, it's, it's, it's a great honour to have you sitting here in front of me. Uh, <laughs> so this is where we're going to dig down a little bit deeper into some of the, uh, the mechanics of interchange, some of the behind the scenes. We peer behind the curtain at some of the things that we get into and the hijinks that happens in this place. Uh, we're going to start with a recommendation. Do you have a recommendation for me, for our listeners? What's your latest? Are you asking for a recommendation from me? Oh, you could on into three capes. I'd love to hear about your recommendation as a travel spot for uh, a weekend away. Hmm, okay. Or is that going to promote something too much because of all our listeners are going to flock to it and I will never get there? That's a good point. You'll never get a spot. Yeah. Uh, but for those that are interested in beauty and fun, Three Capes, Tasmania. I absolutely recommend it. Three nights, four days circa 50 kilometres, lots of hills. Yeah. But ever-changing scenery and beauty around every corner. And you don't need to carry your tent. That's the true win. Okay. Architecturally designed, beautiful um, accommodation and cooking areas and places to hang out in the evening. The little kitchen to cook at? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With all the pots and pans. What was... Oh, we did it really well, I've got to say. Like... Yay to us. You did it. We were pretty exceptional, our crew. The greatest thing about Three Capes is um, because you don't have to carry your tent uh, or the many other things like your cooking things, it does mean that you have a little bit of space there for your wine, which is helpful. And over to you, Mr. Gabardi. Have you got a recommendation today for our listeners, something that you've watched, you've listened to, that you've read? You know, I started watching something. I don't know whether this is a good one. I'm not sure that it's a recommendation. You know I'm a Survivor fan. I've gone now on to Alone. I really like that. I started watching this reality TV show called The Bridge. It's on Channel 10. Okay. Tell me about it. Well, it's, I don't know, 15 people and they have to... They're in Tasmania, which reminded me. As is Alone at the moment. As is Alone. Mm. Um, And these contestants have to build a bridge. Someone walks across at the end of 17 days to uh, pick up $250,000, which is sitting over the on the island. They have to build a floating bridge to get them across there. Wow, I tell you what, I could have done with a floating bridge a couple of times in the last four days on three capes. Yeah, right. And they have to make a 330-metre bridge across 17 days. Sounds great. Annoying people, may I say. Uh, there's a couple of real noise in there who are probably going to prevent, <laughs> prevent me from watching the antenna series <laughs> because they're too annoying. But it's kind of fascinating. That's brilliant. Okay, I will watch. That's a half thumb recommendation. That one. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move into our next segment. Uh, we're going to have a little debate here, and you know, as always, I like to just. Pull it out of the box as a bit of a surprise. Don't quite know what's coming. We're about to tackle both sides of workplace culture topics, with one of us posing those questions nobody wants to ask, while the other one serves up our interchange insight. This is the Great Culture Debate. 
today's debate, very interesting. You're going to love this one. Today's de- debate is uh, that companies don't need a purpose. Oh. Companies don't need a purpose, a purpose statement, sometimes called a mission statement or a vision. They don't need that. I might take that argument. What do you reckon? For the purposes of the debate today, can you, uh, can you go against that? Oh, I can absolutely go against that. It would be my pleasure. Why don't you start off? So you're saying that companies do need a purpose statement? Absolutely. Companies need a really powerful and compelling purpose statement to help people feel connection to what they're doing. Okay. Still not winning me over. Connection to what they're doing. Are they just doing basic tasks every day? You've got your, got your set lists of things that you, you need to resolve. You go to work, you do them, you go home. Why do they need some sort of lofty goal? Well, if everybody did their work in that way, it essentially is a whole lot of individual contributors going about tasks, whereas what you want is a collective going about a common goal, and that's what a purpose allows you to do. NASA is the greatest example of that. You would have heard the story of J.F. Kennedy having a conversation with the janitor on the floor at NASA. He went in quite late at night. Uh, The janitor was there mopping and he asked, why are you doing that? Why do you do what you do? Uh, And the answer was, I'm here to help put a man on the moon. That individual had such a strong sense of collective purpose and meaning that they were able to go above and beyond and feel really proud of their work. In lieu of that purpose, there's nothing really meaty there for them to be able to sink their teeth in and and provide that discretionary effort. So, fair enough. So the janitor had his own individual purpose or a reason for doing what he was doing, but NASA's purpose at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, was advancing science to better humanity. That was NASA's purpose. Didn't sound like that's what he was saying. Because those goals are good, but they're pretty distant from his day-to-day work. Sure, I take your point. Good one. However, I would also argue that that is the role of leadership to be able to take a quite high-level purpose statement and take it from something that is esoteric, if you like, into concrete examples of that and connect it to a specific goal. The purpose was the sense of self, the meaning. The The actual goal was putting a man on the moon. And there had been a lot of work in bridging that gap to make sure that everybody was clear in how that purpose played out in a practical way. Okay. Well, I'm glad you mentioned management because that is actually my argument, isn't it? That leaders have a responsibility to motivate and inspire the individuals who work at the organisation. So research, my understanding, has proven that leadership outperforms purpose in motivating employees and creating the high-performance cultures that organisations are are looking for. So they can use things like storytelling or acting with authenticity to motivate the employees. And in a sense, shouldn't it be that the employees – have a sense of intrinsic motivation in their work. Um, Local meaning, I think they call it. So finding purpose in observing and understanding the direct implications of their own jobs when they go to work. Isn't it more important, as you say, to involve management and leadership in motivating the organisation and the individuals that we shouldn't actually need a purpose statement to do that? Well, these are some good arguments that you propose, Mr. Gavardi, but I will take it. 
and raise you one. Okay. Is my view held quite firmly that leaders do have a significant role to play in exactly what you said, using storytelling, connecting purpose with goals that they are working on within a team. But what you've just described, I would argue, is a microcosm of a broader culture. If you're looking for alignment across a collective, then there needs to be one thing, something that all of those leaders are aligning to. Otherwise, they're all choosing their own adventure and making up their own story, creating a whole division across an organisation around what it is that we're chasing and why. So the organisation creates purpose statements. It's all motivating. It's created by some genius. (laughs) Skeptical much. (laughs) Which is then given off to the organization to say, here you go, this is your motivation. These statements, I think, can also be seen as like social branding and, and tokenistic in some situations. Greenwashing. So greenwashing, for those who are not aware, is when an organization maybe spends more time and money on marketing itself as environmentally friendly than it does on minimizing its environmental impact. So purpose statements can be used as greenwashing in this regard, a a tokenistic statement. And if in that example, like if companies are really going to embrace sustainability as part of their purpose, they need to do more than just craft that in their language. They need to really look at their business plans and their actions and their ecological impacts. So they have a statement which looks fantastic and says, no, this is what we stand by, but are they truly standing by it? I doubt it. That happens. Greenwashing of purpose statements happens often, and it happens when there hasn't been real thought or meaning or authenticity connected to what is created, which is why the concept of creating a purpose statement and involving the organisation that is really important. And just going back to the reason why the organisation started is typically the greatest place to start. We often try to, I don't know, corporate up something so that everybody just falls in line. But no business started because somebody wanted to make money. Every business starts because an individual wanted to give something back to the world in the way that they knew how. Starting from that position allows you to create something that is authentic, that people feel that they can connect into. Of course, organisations evolve and change over time, but the real purpose of purpose is to get clear on why we do what we do. Now, when you think about it from an employee value position, why somebody might want to join that organisation, 93% of employees believe that companies must lead with purpose and 70% of employees say that they wouldn't work for a company without a strong purpose. So unless you can create something and continue to build on that purpose with authenticity and lead it through the organisation, then you are going to be pushing, can I say shit on this thing? Pushing shit uphill. Just it. In your value proposition to be able to attract great talent into an organisation and inspire that great talent to want to stay. Okay, so I just got to pull you up on something. You said that businesses are not created in the first place to make money. I actually think they aren't. I think uh, you just be honest that your purpose is to drive profit. That's pretty simple. It's pretty cut and dried, isn't it? And can create clear alignment. You can get customers in and ask them about their best and worst experiences with your company, talk to employees. They can motivate your 
individuals and your leaders to be better, to see how their work impacts the customers. Ultimately, the customer just wants the product and the shareholders just want you to keep making money. Um, I think just the simplicity cuts to the chase and leads to much better decision-making and more efficient use of resources, doesn't it? You sound really smart. Thank you. I like what you've done there. Well, actually, I'm not saying that companies don't want to make money. Most organisations exist for another reason in the first instance and because of that reason, it compels people to want to work with them and their money is made. Uh, Companies that have a clear purpose beyond profit are more likely to develop loyal customers. That research has been done and tested a number of times. To me, I think Patagonia is a great success story when it comes to thinking about purpose beyond profit. Their purpose is we're in business to save our home planet. And so many customers flock to them. In fact, they hold 10% market share in the outdoor equipment sector. And that's a pretty big sector these days. You you think about all of the the other stores that struggle for relevance and... um, market share in that space and Patagonia continue to take it out as the number one market shareholder in that space. I think this model is a real win-win for both the customers and for the business. It's actually fulfilling their purpose, but they are absolutely still making money. Well, Gabrielle, you put forward a very strong argument. I thought I did pretty well. I think you did pretty well. I could have come over to your side, actually. Really? Okay. You said I was smart, which I really liked, and I'm glad that we've got that on tape. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we can't have purpose statements that are tokenistic, but I will give you a little bit of ground. I thought you did very well in that argument. You want to give us a little summary as we close off this, uh, this segment? I will absolutely do that, but I think you missed a part where you're supposed to say, Gabe, you won. Uh, I feel like I sort of insinuated it without Using those exact words. Don't put words in my mouth. You can use those exact words if you like. What I heard you say, Chris, is that I won. I'm not sure. Let's put the tape. Pretty sure that's what I heard. (laughs) I will also say you raised some really good points there. Mm -hmm. And the one that I think we hear a lot of in the work that we do is that a purpose is not important because we just need to get on and get the job done. And what I would argue is it's it's not enough on its own. If there is a purpose statement that is um, a strap line on the bottom of documents or pinned up on a wall, it doesn't achieve anything. The real work is through how that is communicated, connected to consistently throughout the organisation. You have to involve it in your your comms on a daily basis. You really need to consider how the leaders are upskilled to be able to give that meaning to the people in the business to say this is how your work actually is really allowing us to deliver these great things for our customers, for our shareholders, for each other. Purpose requires action. It's not a passive piece. It's been a wonderful session with you, Gabe. It's a very good argument. I liked your argument. Could have been better. I still think I might have won a little bit. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yes, I'll okay. concede a little bit. Good. We're going to round off the episode with a couple of questions I'm going to throw at you. Pub-related purpose questions. I bet you've never played this game before. Oh, pub purpose. Pub purpose. Uh, I'm going to fire a couple of purpose statements at you and you're going to tell me the name of the company that this purpose statement belongs to. Is the first one. We build a brighter future for all. National Australia Bank. Ooh, very close. Commonwealth Bank, CBA. Mm-hmm. Commonwealth Bank builds a brighter future for all. Uh, purpose statement number two. Who is this company? We provide value and quality to our customers by being fair and efficient in all we do. The Liberal Party. Oh, <laughs> good guess. It's actually Aldi, um, but pretty close. Maybe I don't know. That's a long purpose statement. It's not the easiest one to be able to recite. Provide value and quality to our customers by being fair and efficient. In all. Yeah, that's a bit of a um, so that's a uh, mouthful. That mouthful. One. Okay, the last one, the third one. This is a purpose statement of which company? To make you comfier every day while also striving to reduce our impact on the planet. Lululemon. No. Got another guess? Macpac. No. Comfy. We make you comfier every day while also striving to reduce our impact on the planet. Liv's cupping her boobs over there, so I'm going to go with Burley. (laughs) I can't give you that. It's Bond. <laughs> Bonds. Let's round off the episode with, uh, you know the song Ain't No Mountain High Enough? Ain't no mountain high enough. Yeah, sort of. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no something high enough to keep me from you. <laughs> that one? Good. Yeah. That wasn't really what I asked, but thank you for singing it. No worries. You know that song. Who sings that song? Marvin Gaye. Wow. That's really good. And... Real mess. Is that true? Points, yes. No Mark way. And Diana Ross. Yeah. Oh, Tammy Sorrell. But the Supremes did a version of it a couple of years later. So the original version, Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell, 1967. And then the Supremes did it in 1970. You're amazing. Who knew that purpose would unlock such wealth <laughs> of information? <laughs> such musical knowledge. Yeah. So complete the lyrics. Uh, don't you know that there ain't no man high enough, ain't no valley. Low enough. Yep. Yep. Ain't no something swimmers in the ocean. River. River wide enough to keep me from you. You say the nicest things. Thank you, Gabrielle. What a joy. (laughs) Thank you, Christopher. This episode of The Culture Commute was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Interchange acknowledges that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. For more information about Interchange, see the show notes for links to our social media and our website.